rough. So. Super steep, like, okay, guys, okay. <laughs> like pushing your bike. I want to welcome Marissa Boaz back to the show. We talked in the spring, but she's had an incredible summer racing with the Mazda Lauf factory cycling team on gravel and the Lux cycling development team on the road. I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk with her about her year. So let's dive right into my conversation with Marissa Boaz. Marissa, welcome back to Bike Talk with Dave. I am super excited to have you on. You've just had such an incredible summer that I couldn't not ask you about it. Okay. Uh, I think you're on episode number 12. You had just broken everybody's legs at Serum, Mm -hmm. which is... You know, I think in the scale of gravel races, it has a long history, but it is not world-renowned. Right. So to win it is beating up on the locals, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. But uh, And I think some people are starting to come from Minnesota, Nebraska, yeah, Kansas City, but it is not a national event for sure. No. No, not not yet. It could become one. But it could. It's yeah. a great race. It certainly is hard. Yeah. It, the the time of year makes it even harder. <laughs> which I think makes it attractive. Uh-huh. You know, it yeah. is not Nebraska in August. No. <laughs> it is like the opposite of that. Yeah. But I think just as hilly. But gosh, you've had such an incredible year. Everything from starting at Serum, uh, Gravel Locos, uh, Gravel Worlds, Unbound, steamboat and road racing freaking national road race like Mm -hmm. that is so much fun and iceland and ireland Mm -hmm. like what an awesome summer and i'm so excited to talk to you about it so let's go back to and i'm gonna totally mess up the order of these races but first on my mind Mm -hmm. is uh unbound yeah 100 miles it was your first 100 mile race a year ago Two years oh, ago? A year ago, yeah. Yeah. I did Unbound 100 last year. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you return yeah, and rode away from everybody. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. You won the uh, the 100 miler. Yeah. So how was that? How how was it going back to Kansas? And um, how'd the race go? What'd you, how'd you yeah. find it? It was, it was awesome. I love the atmosphere of Unbound. The energy is just like palpable it's so thick you know i mean unbound is like is the biggest gravel event in the world and everyone's there and um our entire team was there we had a great location close to the race and everybody on the team was doing the 200 and um except for the smart ones I I felt like I wasn't quite ready for the 200, and I really wanted to focus and do well on the 100. Um, and I had talked with my coach as well because I had the opportunity to do Pro Road Nationals um, just a couple weeks after that. Um, and so really pushing myself and trying to do well at the 200 may have affected, you know, doing well at, at Pro Road Nationals. And... It also was a goal to win Unbound 100. So that was that was a big focus of my entire year. Um, so I stuck to doing the 100. <clears throat> um, and the course this year went south. The year before it went north, and I felt like 
the north course it was rougher um, maybe a few more steep hills and coming back there was a headwind which this time it was the opposite so coming back we had a tailwind um, so I talked with my coach um, Isaiah Newkirk with Fast Cat Coaching and we um, made a pretty specific plan for me to just be really patient and careful in the beginning just because there's always so much chaos that happens and sure enough you know the first turn onto the gravel there was a big crash like in the front oh <laughs> yeah did you get around it i got around it luckily um yeah so and then after that um well peter Sig Sig sagan was there and he's sitting on his wheel <laughs> I was a little far behind uh, behind him, but everyone like could see what he was doing. And then I think around mile three, he pulled off to go to the bathroom, and everyone's like, "I don't think he's taking this too seriously." No, so no, I think he was enjoying the day. I think yeah, I feel like he was it. like taking photos yep. for the rest of the day. Like yeah. it was a it was a PR trip. Yep. <laughs> um, but there were some other um, parts that some puddles I, it had rained a couple of days before and so people like slowed way down and there's like sure enough another crash and then another crash and so I got caught behind a few crashes and so I was chasing back on but thankfully I was in a group that was very determined to chase back on and work hard together so we did that for the first uh, 40 miles and then we caught the group in front of us that had the top woman in it and right around mile 50 there is a um, I think one of the most defining uh, features of the whole course it's called the judge <laughs> and it's just this really big steep hill and so I knew that I needed to get to the front and so I went way to the front and just made it up that hill as best as I could. And I looked back and I had broken away from the group. And I didn't mean to break away from the group at that point. But um, I was like, okay, should I break away now or not? <laughs> um, and the, the plan with my coach and I, he's, you know, he's said the first half of the race, kind of stay patient, get in a good position. And around 50 miles, start open, opening it up and attacking and seeing what you can do. And because the course, it was like headwind. And so we were working together. And then around mile 50, I think there was turning and we had a crosswind. And then we had a tailwind going back. So <clears throat> anyway, I, I had broken away, but I had... I could see them they were like maybe a football field away from me so they're like letting me dangle <laughs> for a bit and I wasn't completely um, I wasn't completely uh, dedicated yet to totally you weren't full away. tilt boogie yeah, you were not wasn't quite yeah and so they caught me again and then I think it was around mile 75 there's some more hills and I broke away again with one other guy and then eventually broke away from him. And he was a single speed. He was the, the single speed, um, but he couldn't keep up with me on the downhills. 
Makes sense. Yeah. So I just attacked and I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is all in. Um, I've got to go hard. And so, and then it started raining. <laughs> yeah, it did. And the I couldn't opened, see like anything. I couldn't, I could barely see in front of me. I couldn't see behind me. So I didn't know how far away they were. Um, but yeah, and then there's a crazy part where my bike stopped, stopped shifting for a bit. I think it was just the mud and guck. Yep. Um, but I knew that my shifting was still working because I could see my green light still on when I would try to shift. It just was not it was stuck. shifting. Yeah. <laughs> and so luckily there was a, um, I just tried to, you know, keep my composure and go as hard as I can without now with my bike in a single speed. But then... Luckily, there was a section of road, and I went through just a lot of water on the road and just washed it off, and I did use some of my bottles to try to get the guck off, and my bike started shifting again. So That sounds like a very seasoned move right there. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, I, you know, at that point, you just do all you can. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was able to keep keep away from the peloton behind me and and win so that was how'd that feel coming on into town and up the street and you see the finish line and you're all alone how, how'd that feel it felt like a dream come true really I had visualized like me winning that race a lot in the trainer on the basement last winter <laughs> like thinking that would be so cool to win that race like that's what I want to do and having that actually happen was like you know pinch me like this is this is cool that's so, awesome well yeah. congratulations that's thank you like all of our teeth fell out up here We're like <laughs> marissa freaking won that's awesome uh so congratulations huge huge thank thing you. and but that wasn't you like your only highlight this season you didn't hang the bike up after that rode no. nats right after that mm -hmm. uh, again you're trading in the gravel bike for the road bike Yep. There's a lot of that this year going there back was, and forth and yep. There was a lot of that. How was Road Nats? Uh first time as uh in the elite Peloton yeah. at Roads and, and Nationals. How'd that right. go? What was that like? I mean I mean earlier this year it was in March that I got my upgrade from a cat three to a cat two. So I did Redlands and then yeah, that was like my second big race. Um, and to be able to compete with the best American woman was like crazy. <laughs> it seemed really uh, just surreal. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome. We it started with the time trial. Um, Didn't you rock that out? I got twelfth um, place. Twelfth. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, twelfth fastest woman in the nation it's pretty darn good yeah and you know good. with not, without being super dialed i didn't i mean um I, I think it was yeah there's a lot of room for improvement is that an objective um, like did you like the time trial is that a thing for you it is something that i have really enjoyed in the past like i did the elkhart time trials here in iowa and um the iowa summer games um it is something I do enjoy, but I just haven't spent a lot of time dialing, you know, right. it in with the gravel being a big focus. Yeah. So there's a bit of a crossover between gravel and time trialing because so many times you find yourself alone on gravel. Yeah. And you're time trialing. Yeah, totally. So it's, 
uh, it, those two seem like they would be compatible partners. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so how'd the road race go then? It was it, really hard. <laughs> the road race was very hard. Every lap, I think we did, it was 11 laps, and every lap had a very significant hill climb that was steep and just, com- you were just completely going as hard as you could. Um, you know, these little smaller cyclists that are very good at climbing hills were very fast up that hill. And so almost every time up that hill, I got gapped off the front group. Um, but what happens in this road race, because it is a, like a circuit type race, you get pulled if you oh, get right. too far off. But luckily I was able to just completely go really hard on the downhill and time trial myself back to the group. And so every single time I got back to the group, um, in a few laps, it took me longer than other times, but, um, yeah, I mean, just finishing that race, I finished in the top 20, which is not great, but Oh, don't tell me that's not great. For someone like me and for being able to finish the entire race felt like a huge achievement. So, uh, can I ask, is it legal for me to ask how old you are? Yeah, that's fine. I'm 35. And how many children do you have? Four. (laughs) And I know you're not happy with top 20. (laughs) No, like that's incredible. I just think that's incredible. I think you're an inspiration. I want to talk about that later, but, uh, you should be absolutely proud of that. Like to have the guts and um, uh, not skill, but power, fitness, strength to crawl back into that group every lap. I think actually that the gravel racing, in a way it totally puts you into the deep end with just the grit and the hard and the long, yep, longness, (laughs) just the, the, the huge endurance it requires. And I feel like just having that mentality helps me do really well in a race of attrition, like the Pro Road Nationals. It was extremely hot and humid. You know, you need to be on top of your nutrition, your hydration, you are taking bottles. Um, There was a feed, feed zone. And so you just had to go hard and everyone was going hard. And so, yeah, I think the gravel racing does help with a really hard road race like that. Interesting you say that. And I, I listened to an interview with um, Keegan Swenson, who won the Lifetime Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And he also went to Australia to race on the U.S. team in the yeah. world road race. Yeah, and so he, awesome. his obser- <laughs> it is so awesome. But his observation was like, it wasn't as hard as a gravel race. Yeah. Um, because you're sitting in the field sometimes and you right. can. And you can let up and relax a bit. But then yep. the hard parts are so hard. Right, right, <laughs> so right, hard. right. Yeah. 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 On a scale of one to 10, uh-huh. the 10 is of 15. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your eyeballs fall out and your uh-huh. tongue is 17 feet behind you and yep. your ears are bleeding. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, and gravel is kind of like a nine for seven hours, mm-hmm. not a with, 15. With for, maybe the first 30 to 60 minute, minutes could be an one an all out 10. 
you know. Or 12 yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I just, I think that's super cool. Um, and again, that wasn't the end of your season because you had Gravel Worlds, you had BWR Kansas, and I, I mean, you went to Iceland mm-hmm. to race your bike. Yeah. Like, does that just blow your blow you away? <clears throat> yes, it does. I hadn't been out of the country for like 14 years, <laughs> so I had to renew my passport when I found out I was going. I was super excited. Um, yeah, Iceland was just a total mind-blowing experience. I've never, I think that's probably the hardest gravel race I have done. Let's back up a little yeah. bit to what led you to Iceland. You're racing with the Mazda Lauf cycling team. Yes. And Lauf is a bike uh-huh. made for gravel yes. in Iceland. Yes. It's an Icelandic brand. Yes. And so um, do they host the Rift? The name of the race is called the Rift. Is, are they a, They're big sponsors of the race. Are they a reason that race exists somewhat? Are they yes, like, somewhat. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so you're, you and your team went over to, um, I mean, I'm sure they want you to own it uh-huh. <laughs> on, the, on the Lauf, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember finding out that you were going? Yes. Yeah, that was a big uh, surprise. In the beginning of the year, we didn't think we would all get the chance. Um, I think one of us had signed up to do it, um, and then they wanted us all to come, and so they were able to provide that for our team, which was incredibly awesome and exciting. Mm-hmm. So. That is awesome. So how long of a race is it? Um, that race is 200 kilometers. Okay, um, so short by your standards now, <laughs> yeah. compared to uh, I mean, it's a good steamboat like, and gravel world. One. Yeah. yeah, but just with the the technical terrain, it's a lot slower, and so it took eight a good eight hours for me to finish it. Um, I think the the women's course record previously was around eight fifteen, somewhere around that, and I did it I think in around eight oh nine. Oof. Wow. And finished second? Finished second, yep. To a Lauf teammate? To... Monster Lauf teammate? No. She, um, a girl from Switzerland, she was on the Cafe de Cyclist team. Mm. They are sponsored by Lauf, so she was riding a Lauf. Okay, cool. Very Uh cool. What is Iceland like to those who haven't been there? How did you find it? What was it like? Iceland is a beautiful country that um, in July the weather is still chilly for our standards Um, but for there that it's the warmest time of year Um, it's green and beautiful and there's volcanoes and there's parts where I mean on the course there was still snow we went through snow and um, my gosh, how do you describe it? It's the, the people are so nice uh, and it's just an awesome country. A lot of European influence and uh, the language seems hard to pronounce for us. Um, English is our primary language. For sure, for there's, sure. There's um, not a lot of 
vowels in like if you look at a, the Icelandic language, there's not a lot of vowels. There's just like consonant, consonant, consonant. Right, <laughs> like, right. How do, you, how do you sound that out? The uh, language is so interesting up there. Yes. Do people speak English in Iceland? <clears throat> yes. They yes, do. A lot okay. of people do. Mm -hmm. Was it hard to get around? Hard to navigate no. or no um it wasn't hard to get around but all the signs were in icelandic um but you could figure stuff out except reading icelandic is pretty hard because there's just a lot of consonants and not many vowels so it's hard to sound it out <laughs> <laughs> for sure uh, i'm not even going to try reykjavik is about the only word i know yeah um iceland it's interesting, the name of the country is so easy. Yeah, yep, that's true. <laughs> but anyway, uh, how was that race? I know that um, Lauf, your bike, comes from Iceland. It's an Icelandic brand yes. developed in Iceland for Icelandic roads, I'm Absolutely. sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me about the bike and how it's adapted to Icelandic riding. And then I want to ask you about the course. Yeah, um, Iceland, it's like, I don't know, I guess you could say more mountain gravel is how I would describe it. There is some smooth gravel, there's normal gravel you would see here in Iowa, but then there's also very chunky, more of the mountain type gravel, embedded rocks, um, river rocks. And then in Iceland, there's volcanic sand so there was quite a bit of sand and volcanic rocks that are really sharp. There's really steep climbs, very steep descents, um, river crossings. I think we crossed 10 to 12 rivers. And so, yeah, it has just everything. 10 to 12 rivers? <laughs> yes. Yep. Like on your bike, when you say cross, I'm <clears throat> picturing without a bridge. Without a bridge, for sure. <laughs> How many times did you have to walk through them? Oh, a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And the, the small ones that you could see, the water was very clear, cause, so you could see how deep it was. Um, so some of them you would just ride right through it. Other ones you would not. It would go up past your knees, oh. you know. And it was Ice very cold. cold. Ice cold, refreshing. Uh -huh. uh, could you fill up? Yes. Yeah. Yep. You could drink the water. So the race director said, if you run out of water, just use the the rivers. Um, it's not something that you would do here in the U.S. No, you would not. There's so many. No, yeah. for sure you would not. Yeah. So I did that at one point. I had totally run out of water. And so at one crossing, I just unscrewed my bottle, filled it up and drank it. And it was amazingly good. That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. And you didn't you weren't puking the next three days. No, nope, no. Nope. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good thing. Um, God, that's just sounds so hard. How was your bike adapted to that? Like what, what the Lauf bike, how is it, how does it handle that stuff? Cause it sounds like you just had everything. Yeah, it handles this, the really rocky terrain just beautifully with the Lau fork. It gives you all of the, what is it, the dampening, the, I can't No, I think that's fair, damping. Yeah, damp it just keeps things more comfortable, um, I think. And then also the Segla with the rear compliance, it, um, it makes it just a lot more comfortable of a ride. The cornering is great. The climbing, 
you know, I think some people worry about the laugh, like, what about these really steep climbs? If I stand up, it's totally fine. Yeah. yeah it was fine. I mean... It's not like riding a full suspension bike. No, not, no, not at all. Huh. Yeah. Uh, what about the gearing? What'd you use for gearing? I had the Explorer group set. Uh, one of the guys on our team had the Eagle cassette, and so... Like a huge 52 yes. rear tooth cog. Yep, and I, and I think for some of the really steep hills, that may be um, a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you walk? Um, there were four very steep hills, um, two of which I don't think anyone has ever ridden before. Oh, wow. Yeah, very steep. I mean, you're like completely pushing your bike. You feel like up over your, your head. <clears throat> um, two other ones, though, that some people could ride and other people couldn't. Um, there was still some very s steep little kickers that I felt like, oh, okay, I'm going to fall over, but I didn't. <laughs> I was able to make it up then. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so s some steep descents, rocky descents, and just out of this world, like, it had everything. There was actually one point where I was descending, and like a little crack in the path opened up and like it just looked like a crack. I was on the right side of the path and I kept it on the right side, but the crack got wider and wider and you could see like down to the earth. <laughs> I know, <laughs> seems crazy, but... Like from an earthquake or, or a volcano or something? Yeah, or maybe it was literally the rift. <laughs> oh, well, there you are. Yeah, yeah. Moving, exactly. And it got very wide, so I was like, okay, I can't jump over this, and the trail is going off to the left, so I had to get off my bike and, like, leap over it, and it was probably six to seven feet down. Oh, my. Yeah. It That's was like, crazy. oh, I don't want to fall. <laughs> no, you don't want to fall. And I knew I couldn't keep on going right, so, I mean, just stuff like that. It's like, you had to be paying attention 100%, 100% of the time. That's very different than we have here. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine anywhere that you would have risen, ridden from Steamboat to Utah to Kansas to Oklahoma to Iowa to anywhere where you would have to worry about the trail opening up underneath, opening up you. underneath you. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Uh, so those hills you went up, it was a lollipop shaped course. Mm -hmm. So you went out, went around. Uh, volcano. Yes. Uh -huh. And then back on the same road. Did you have to go down those hills that you had to push up? Um, or were those on the like No, lollipop? that was on the lollipop. Okay. But yeah, they were they were different. Yeah, no, we did not. I don't know if I'd be able to make it. Well, that's, that's yeah. like, you haven't been, I mean, you've been riding for a while. You haven't been racing for a uh, hundred years. No. Um, uh, and experience matters, yeah, especially like, for sure. you know, With technical stuff like that. Skills, yeah. Yep. I mean, that for sure, that race really pushed me out of my comfort zone as well as a lot of races this year. Yeah. That's where you grow, I guess. <laughs> it is. Uh, how did you finish that race? I finished second. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you end up there? How'd that happen? Tell me about the pointy um, end. The, the, yeah, the pointy end, the race winning move, I think, was made in like the first five minutes of the race. Uh, it was a very fast and furious start, neutral, quote unquote, neutral start. P2 
people were just swarming the neutral car and I was staying back a bit. Like, I was like, wow, <laughs> I thought you were supposed to, you know, not swarm the car. And so we turned left onto the gravel and the woman who took first, she was, had been on the left side of the car swarming the, you know, very up there. Like and next to the front tire or something. To, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. And she got away with some faster men and she ended up beating me by about less than a minute and a half. So the, huh. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. So that was the move was that was the move peeling yeah. off the neutral car yeah. <laughs> and going, huh? Yeah. Lesson learned. Um, uh, second though, that's no, that's not horrible. No, no, it's not. And I mean, I was very proud of my effort. I never gave up and for sure, like just pushing, um, it, it felt, I felt very mentally tired after because it was like a full body effort, you know, kind of like how mountain biking is like your arms yes. and your core and just everything is, you're using everything to get up and down. Fully engaged. Yeah. Fully engaged. Fully engaged. Yeah. And sounds like probably mentally engaged the entire time as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So let's go back to Gravel World. Sure. Uh, you had a, I don't know, your day pretty much stunk, but um, <laughs> I'm making fun of you a little bit. Uh, you were one of a thousand women. Mm -hmm. How was that? What was that like? Did you notice a thousand women? Like um, as a woman, what does that mean when somebody puts an effort like that into invite a thousand women to their event yeah in the in the beginning when i heard gravel worlds was doing that i'm like wow that is very bold like i don't think i've ever been in a race with so many women um but then when they met their goal i was just so proud and i helped them you know advertise it and um there were a lot of women from iowa who were there and i saw them there and it was just really cool um other friends that i that i know from minnesota and just the whole midwest and i think the the women the thousand women were in all of the different distances mm -hmm. but for yep. sure in the 150 yep. there were a lot of women and we had our own race start which was cool yeah yeah how'd that turn out for you <clears throat> a learning experience yeah <laughs> yeah Yep. Um, tell me about your start. I, I want to say you finished just outside the top 10. And um, I feel like sometimes you're very hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you have very I, high expectations, which yeah. is great. Um, but uh, at, like, how was your day? How was the start? It was, yeah, so my expectations, I wanted to do better than I did. And so um, the start, though, I made a few key errors, I would say. So the woman started first, and the men were neutralized behind us. And we had, they let us go for about a mile. And then they, they stopped neutralizing the men, and the men came around us off to the left really fast um there was a the tandem i'm sure you've heard mm, of yeah that. i did hear about the tandem yeah in fact d and i are talking through. about we're talking about doing the tandem and i'm like oh maybe we could get some world champion jerseys right oh yeah <laughs> no 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 that idea is right out the window yeah that was just yeah that was incredible and so the tandem came just totally flying by and it was dark and there were about two good lines in the 
gravel and it was pretty sandy that day. I don't think that part of Nebraska had had rain for quite a while. That's what happens around here in Iowa mm -hmm. when there's not a lot of rain. Um, anyway, so that made it a little harder too, but I made the mistake of not standing up and sprinting to get up to speed to catch on to the men. And it just felt really hard to catch on to them because the speed differential was so great. Um, yeah, so I spent the, the next eight hours making up for that mistake. <laughs> Trying to catch the women who had heard the freight train coming, yes. got up to speed and jumped yeah. on the train as it came by. Yep. And you kind of missed that. Yeah, I, you missed, missed the train. I missed it Yeah, by not um, standing up and sprinting and yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love that it seems like each one of these races you have a lesson For sure. that you've learned. Yep. You haven't been racing forever. Um, your first race, I want to say, was 2018. We talked about that when you were on last spring, mm -hmm. you're, uh, the beginning of your racing. So you haven't been racing a ton. No. Of course, we had the whole year off in 2020, yeah. so you yep. kind of missed that. But um, I saw your post after BWR Kansas, which was your final race of the year. Mm -hmm. You said, I still have much to learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious how you have matured this year. Like, what have you learned? How have you matured? What what will you take and move forward with in the future? Sure. Oh, uh, yeah. I've learned so much from the road, from gravel. Um, oh, there's so much. <laughs> um, technically, I think um, there's, I've improved a lot. Like I've noticed even just around here, some really steep descents that when I was first riding gravel, they would scare me and I would like put on the brakes. Um, and now it's like I'm pedaling and I'm just, I feel a lot more confident. So I've, I've definitely gotten better at handling, although I can totally get better. <laughs> you know, the, the single track stuff, I, I would love to practice when I'm planning to practice more of the single track this off season to really get better um, at that and just using the brakes less and, you know, finding the, the bike kind of flowing beneath me, feeling more confident in that. Um, on the road side, which definitely translates into the gravel, riding in a big peloton, and I have for sure improved a lot with that. Um, Ireland was a huge eye-opening experience with oh, the European road racing. <laughs> European road racing with narrow roads. It was raining every day. Um, just you have to be so aggressive, and you have to, um, you know, be comfortable with people bumping your elbows and shoulders and leaning in and not getting scared when somebody bumps you and um, yeah, just little things like that. I feel like I've gotten a lot better at um, knowing how to read a race. I think, I mean, I've come from last year where it was like, I just want to finish unbound, <laughs> you know? Right. Whereas now it's like, I, this year I, you know, made moves and I was able to have some certain race instincts of when to go, when to go hard up a certain hill, when to break away because I knew the wind was behind me. Um, just, yeah, I've improved 
a lot, just like the learned race the, awareness. You've learned the word patience. Patience, yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, you've also learned that a race can be won and lost in the first oh, yeah. five minutes. Yep. So it's it is reading the race, isn't it? Uh huh. Hundred yeah. percent, both ways. Yeah, and and yeah, staying patient with myself and like with gravel worlds. Although I made some to key errors right in the beginning, I didn't give up and. You know, it's amazing what you can do if you just keep going and you don't give up because gravel is such a discipline of attrition. It is, so. for sure. Keep moving. You don't know what's happening in front of you. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, know, whether they bonk or have a flat or their bike breaks or uh -huh. make a wrong turn even. Like yeah. all that can happen in yeah. the world of gravel. Even road racing it can. Yeah. Where do you want to take all this? Um... <clears throat> Yeah, it's a good question. I I want to keep on racing and riding because I really enjoy it. And there's still goals I have that I haven't met yet. So um, just keep keep on improving um, my my race intelligence. <laughs> keep on improving mentally, physically, and being able to race these gravel races like a road race. That would be like a dream for me. Getting really good at the starts would be a great thing um, for me to learn. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. A lot of times we just kind of roll out of the town and yeah, chit-chatting. I'm sure you're not on the pointy end chit-chatting with neighbors, <laughs> but we certainly are. And then the yeah. race just kind of builds and builds and builds. But, uh, you know, gosh, I mean, Gravel Worlds and uh, Iceland as examples, like sometimes... Yeah. 150-mile race starts in the first mile. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yep. Um, you have experienced so many different places and types of events and types of places. Is there a favorite from the past year? A favorite race? Favorite, or favorite race or place? place? Yeah. Um, I mean, Iceland is somewhere I would love to go back and vacation and take my my kids there and explore is just so unlike anywhere I've ever been um so that was really unique um gosh it's hard to pick a favorite Utah is always very beautiful with the mountains and I did the Mirror Lake road race that's just incredibly beautiful you go up um the Mirror Lake Highway, it's up in the Uinta Mountains, and then you go down into Wyoming and you come back to Utah. So that's a really cool one. Um, as far as the race though, I, I think it was really an amazing opportunity to do Pro Road Nationals. And just, it was incredibly hard. And I was able to finish with I was just able to finish the race, and so that felt like a huge accomplishment as well. Um, obviously, Gravel Locos, Unbound, those are, those are highlights. Um, I did another one in Kansas called Open Range. That was really beautiful and um, in its own ways. So yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick just one because they're all so different. So basically, the season was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, yeah. That's very cool. You started racing over the age of 30 or right about age 30. Mm -hmm. You have four kids. You had four kids when you started racing. And you're racing at a super high level, going around the world and 
participating in some incredible events. I don't, I mean, yeah, the easy question is, what advice do you have for <laughs> aspiring moms? But really, how, like, what do you want people to learn from what you do and are doing? Yeah, I think um, I would love for women and moms to just be patient with themselves. I, I think there was a time in my motherhood <laughs> where I felt like I didn't have time for myself at all. And <clears throat> I had four little kids. Austin was working a lot and it just felt like it was hard, you know, but I mean, I love being a mom. I love motherhood. Um, but I think it's really important for all of us, no matter our age, to keep setting goals for ourselves in a lot of different areas in our life um, and to just keep improving because, you know, when you're a little kid, you think you want to be one thing when you grow up, but actually you can be more than one thing. And mm -hmm. so when my little girls say, I want to be a mom and I want to be a bike racer and I want to be a doctor. I'm like, you can do all those things, you know, or I want to be an artist and a bike racer. I'm like, yes, you can do those things because, you know, life is, I think, so much more fulfilling when we feel like we're progressing in different aspects of our life, mm -hmm. intellectually, you know, physically, spiritually, socially, we can always be improving. And I think it brings a lot of joy. And, and yeah, I think the other thing is <clears throat> to just do things that, that you're inspired to do. And you never know when it just may turn into something, I don't know, more and bigger than you thought. <laughs> so. Right. You, your husband, Austin, said in 2018 at the Bicycle Blues and Barbecue race, hey, why don't you jump in? <laughs> yeah. And you said, yes. Yeah. At first I was what, like, you're crazy, you know? But uh, look what that yes, yeah. that one uh -huh. yes has led you to. Right. Yeah. It's been pretty cool. It's been very cool. Yeah. Well, um, certainly be excited to see you as we come through this winter ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can do it. We can do it. We will do it. Uh, serum? Serum yes. on your list? Yes. I yep. love that race. All right. Dean and I are talking about doing it on tandem, which awesome. we, we haven't done for a long time. As long as it's not like a quarter inch of ice that one year where people brought roller skates. 2019. <laughs> or, uh, skates. Yeah. Yep. 2019. <laughs> I was in Alaska that year and saw, and Serum is one of those races where, um, I would always, we, you registered the day after Thanksgiving at 8 p.m. Yeah. And I would actually, like, we were at a hockey game, and I had to go home and get on the computer and register at 8 p.m. Yeah. D was prolific at uh, Serum, had mm -hmm. won it, I don't know, once or twice. Actually owned the course record for a minute. Nice. For, I think, <laughs> 364 days until okay. Liz did it. But yeah. um, we had to do it. Uh -huh. And I remember, like, okay, I really hope it's open as you like 801 or whatever. And I click and it's open and I'm like, sweet. And so I would get deregistered. And then I would kind of slowly go through the process uh -huh. again and push click, hoping it had filled up. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, it's it, still open. I got to <laughs> register now. Uh -huh. But 2019, I went to Alaska for um, the Iditarod 
and oh, it was like so a good cool. excuse to not have to yeah. do serum. Yeah. And I was so <laughs> glad we saw pictures. And I'm like, oh, this is such a good year to miss, like yeah. such a good year to miss. So I hope we don't have that. Yeah. I don't know. It was like a skating rink. It was, yeah. I did you, did you, were you down there? Did you do it at all? No. Well, I signed up for it, but I got the flu actually. Oh, so perfect. I couldn't do it anyway, but I think out of the people that started only like maybe a handful finished. A dozen maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how they finished, to yeah, be honest. I don't know either. It was just, I mean, is there like riding? The on ice rink, ice. Oh, pure ice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so we'll see you at Serum. All right. And uh, look forward to that. So thanks tons for being back on Bike Talk with Dave. And I love catching up. And gosh, I don't know how you top 2022, but I hope you have an awesome 2023. Oh, thank you for having me. And thanks. I hope so too. <laughs> I want to thank Marissa for inviting me back into her day and being so willing to share her experiences from this past summer. What a summer it was. I can't wait to see what she's up to next year for sure. Be sure to look her up on Instagram at Marissa underscore Vanda underscore Boaz. Just do a search for Marissa Boaz and I'm sure you'll find her. Be sure and follow her team at Mazda Lau Factory Racing as well. They are crushing the gravel. And thanks to you for tuning in and listening to Bike Talk with Dave. I'd appreciate your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. And of course, if you really dig it, share it with your friends. If you'd like to support the show financially and help improve this podcast, you can look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com or hit me up on Venmo at david-mabel. If you do, I'll thank you with a Bike Talk with Dave sticker. There's a link to buy me a coffee in the show notes. And BikeIowa.com has been so kind as to be the online host of Bike Talk with Dave. BikeIowa.com is your one-stop shop for all kinds of cycling events, news, information, and trails in Iowa and around the Midwest. Every week, new events and information is added, so be sure and bookmark BikeIowa.com and check back often. And... If you are hungry and looking for a unique treat for your company, holiday, or end-of-the-year party, check out DSM Boards. Order a custom charcuterie board from DSM Boards, which is located in Des Moines and serves the entire central Iowa area. They serve everything from breakfast-themed boards, Halloween treat boards, traditional meat and cheese platters, whatever you want. DSM Boards loves to try it all. Check them out on Facebook or Instagram where you'll find lots of great ideas or connect with them at dsmboards at gmail.com. Bike Talk with Dave is a production of Summit Media Films, an award-winning independent film company. Whether it's a 15-second video for Instagram or a two-hour documentary, Summit Media is up for anything. Check out our films. That's A Thousand Miles to Nome and Down the Kuskokwim, as well as Reach for the Stars on adventureplus.com. Thanks again for listening and keep the rubber side down.